We're starting the show I'm ready. now. Help! I suck at dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. My name is Jared. I'm joined by Vanessa. Vanessa, are you out there? I'm here. Vanessa is here, not in studio, as you could tell, but Vanessa is here to talk to us. Dean is still traveling all around the world. I think he's in France right now. I know, yeah, I think he's in France. I'm pretty jealous. I hope he's having a wonderful time, which he is. But we have a very special guest in studio to kick things off this episode. We have a relationship expert, a best-selling author of five acclaimed books, none other than Charles J. Orlando. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you for having me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, oh, wow. That was, yes, we're excited. We got balloons, we got horns, we're ready to go. So, Charles, you are also on the Lifetime uh, Lifetime Channel uh, show Seven Year Switch. That's it. Um, season three. Season three. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, f- absolutely. So Seven Year Switch takes uh, four couples that are in emotional turmoil and helps them reach a better place uh, through a radical concept called switch therapy. They work with us and they end up working, uh, us being the experts, and they work with a a like-minded person who's going through something similar we keep a very close eye on them, put them on an accelerated path for two weeks where we get them out of their bad patterns, remove all the stuff that's causing them to head down a path towards divorce or further disconnection uh, and get them to a better place, both individually and hopefully as a couple. So what is switch therapy? Like you said, you use switch therapy to fix this problem. So we work with the with the couples as married couples, and then we switch them for two weeks so that they can get a better, so you're smirking, and I'll, I, I'll help that. No, 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 I'm smirking because I have a mind of a 12-year-old, and you can imagine where I just went. No, so well, everybody does, right? Yes. And I'm, and I'm sure that, Vanessa, you're, you're sitting over there thinking the same things as well. And it, it's easy to go down that path where it's like, oh, this is a show about hookups. Actually, no. This is a show about perspective. You can't learn new skills without a practice ground. Mm. So could these couples do something stupid on national television? television? Yes, they could. That's not the goal, though. That's so why not... is it called Seven Year Switch? Is this at the seventh year of your marriage? Well, it's a play on Seven Year Itch, uh, the movie starring Marilyn Monroe, talking about the challenges that people experience once the honeymoon is, has kind of faded away, and now you're right. in what many people would consider the humdrum of day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a challenge for most couples. It's a challenge for everybody. So, sure. So do couples sign themselves up? Do they get nominated by somebody or is or do you actively go out searching for couples? Both. Uh, there's an extensive casting process along with psychological evaluations and a real assessment of where they're at both individually and as a couple before they're admitted to the show. Mm-hmm. So, and what do you see is a, is a trend in um, after how many years of marriage? Well, so seeing more of a, of a, I guess, of a problem in marriage or issues that start arising. Well, I can I can give you the statistics um, because there's no goal. There's no hard and fast rule around when couples start experiencing disconnection. Some people experience it on their first date, yet they get married anyway. Um, right. Statistically, uh, all marriages in the domestic U.S. Uh, end before year five. So there's a divorce before year five. Fifty percent divorce rate. I know this isn't good news for you. You're you're recently I'm engaged. I'm recently engaged. I'm very confident in my relationship. But you're telling me that fifty percent of couples in the United States don't last five years. Yes, and that's only half of the of the data. Of those that make it five years, fifty percent of those don't make it to year ten. That's a seventy five percent divorce rate. Uh, 
<laughs> Let me just check the numbers on that one. <laughs> I come, my parents are both, my parents are, well, they're, they're divorced and they're both in now loving long-term uh, committed relationships. Um, what do you think is, well, I'm having trouble, as we mentioned last week, I'm newly single again. Well, not newly, I was like kind of dating, but now I'm like completely single. And I just find it hard to find someone I can connect with on a deeper level, especially now with this new, like all the dating apps that are out there. I'm not on any dating apps, so it's really hard for me to meet someone organically because I find a lot of people are just hiding behind computer screens and their phones. So what do you think is one of the biggest issues now um, or the problems that why divorce is so high? Well, you just kind of called it out from my perspective. There's there's two things, and it's a fantastic question. Um, there's There's two main things that are really changing how people meet and interrelate from from jump. Uh, the first is technology. Uh, technology gives us the illusion of being connected when the truth is that we're more distant than ever. Uh, most relationships have a, a technological aspect to it where there's communication takes place over email or text message or voicemail or there's a lot on the phone. Uh, and that's a very subjective way of relating to each other. I mean, if you back up 30 or 40 years, the divorce rates weren't necessarily so high. Disconnection wasn't so bad. And couples like would speak in person like this, like we're in studio. Yeah. Right. You have body language. You have facial uh, facial features and, and emotions that you can go off of. All those things are missing when you have a subjective uh, piece of technology that teaches you how to communicate. So that's the first thing. The second, though, is what you're talking about when we talk about online dating. Uh, and that's false positives and expectations being projected on somebody you actually don't know. Like yeah. you read their profile and then that's not enough. So you stalk their Instagram and you check them out on Snapchat. Like you build up an entire persona of a person right. that you actually don't even know because, you know, you're, you're 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 evaluating two different things when you're when you're dating somebody or when you meet somebody. The first is, are we compatible? But the second is, how do they plug into my life? And those are two things that are mutually exclusive mm -hmm. and they're they're connected but they're but they're mutually exclusive so as a relationship expert how do you advise our listeners to best meet people nowadays well online dating can help you cast a wide net but the best way to meet somebody in my estimation is to get out into the real world which is harder mm -hmm. you say you say something on your instagram that i read last night that i absolutely loved where you said stop saying it's easier easier said than done just do it then it will get easier over time which i completely agree with i, I People like practice makes perfect. For example, if you want to approach, if you're a guy and you want to approach girls at a bar, you have to actually practice that by going up to girls at a bar. And the first time you do it, you're probably going to suck at it. But over time, it will get easier because you keep doing it over and over and over again. And when I read that quote on your Instagram, I don't know, just something resonated with me. Well, and I appreciate that. And it's true. We are experiential learners. Like there's no way to learn a new skill unless you practice a new skill. Like, so did you take a foreign language in school? Yes. And you were good right out of the gate, right? Killed it, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I can speak fluent <laughs> Spanish. And French and Greek and Italian. And everything. Of course. But, <laughs> so that's really I what... <laughs> She's Canadian, it's not fair. <laughs> that, that I, 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 I call nonsense mm -hmm. on that. Um, but <laughs> I call shenanigans, that's not fair. Shenanigans. But um, no, what we're really talking about is, to your point, practice makes perfect. So you're not going to have a lot of success, but that's at the beginning. But that's hard. You know, to be that vulnerable and be that open is really, really difficult. So you're newly engaged. How long have you guys been dating? I'm going to put you on the couch for a second. Uh, we've been dating for not long, uh, a few months, maybe. We've been known each other for 
each other for yeah, yeah, a few months, but we've known each other for over three years. Okay. Yeah. So and so you have a nice foundation to to start from. We have a great foundation. All right. So here's the other part. So the third part we were talking about uh, expectations. We were talking about false positives and technology. But the third part is forgetting that people change over time. So the woman that you love today has a foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so do you as a man. But you guys are going to change as individuals over the next 10, 30, 50 years. And the, the, the way relationships work successfully is when you change together. When you start drifting, you don't check back in and you're not connecting on a constant basis. You, by default, are drifting apart. So, as, And you end up on my show. And then you end up on our show where we do the seven-year <laughs> switch. We don't um, want that. So my question is, what would you what would you tell these couples who do change over time and their love also changes over time and they start like I've never found that because love changes, that means your relationship is getting worse. It's just becoming different. So how like what would you tell those people on how to make your relationship better, even though things change over time? Don't rest on your laurels like love is a contract. okay? and it has to be renewed every single day. And it sounds trite. It sounds like some sorry that somebody would put on 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 instagram like me right like you write that <laughs> but the the it's never been more true you have to reconnect every single day about the big stuff and really about the little things they count the most so if you're pissed off that they didn't put the tube back or the cap back on the tube of toothpaste you're not supposed to hide that as a resentment that you don't talk about you're supposed to say dude you're killing me we just put it back. It takes two seconds. So you'd say communication is probably the most important part. But honesty, right? It, it, because communication too often means two things. It, it, first, it means a postured view of what, you, what you're giving them. Like, you mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt their feelings. It's not about hurting their feelings. Just put it out straight. Okay? So that's the first thing. Second, though, is that for too many people, communication means to speak. And it doesn't. It means to listen also. Of course. Without judgment. So if she says, I just don't have time in the morning, I don't care. Your job is then put yourself in her shoes. Like, well, how can we work together to make this happen? Maybe there's a different type of toothpaste that doesn't require, you know, the, t- the, the top to go back on. You can just flip it back instead. That's where we start problem solving instead of, no, put it back on. Now we're advocating who's right and who's wrong. When the truth is that everybody's right from their own point of view. So if you can get your ego out of the way you all of a sudden end up in a place where you're working together instead of apart. Sometimes I find it difficult, though, while I'm being honest, sometimes I think my tone, some like things that bother me, for example, little things like that, if I'm being honest about them, I feel that my tone is is negative, which bre- like not doesn't create an argument, but just creates an awkward vibe in the air for the simple fact that it's annoying and she knows it, and while we can fix it, like how do I approach that? Well, you would start by saying what you just said. So you'll if if you're experiencing yourself as like maybe coming across maybe crappy, mm. ask her like, are you hearing me as some kind of jerk right now? And then she's supposed to say, yeah, I really don't like the way you're talking to me. And you're supposed to say, all right, hold on, let me find a different way to phrase this because I'm not trying to sound like an, like a jerk. Like let me let me put it a different way. Yeah. So then now you're still working together through a disconnection. See, look, too many people think that the perfect relationship has no fights and no arguments, and that is. Sense. It is nonsense. It's You're garbage. absolutely right. I've seen my parents been married for 35 years, and I've seen so many arguments between them, but they are the most loving and dependent people on each other because they've gone through those arguments, because they've gone through tough times, and, and still have overcome those obstacles together. And that's real love in my mind. Well, sure. You're talking about, like, disconnections are normal. What keeps your folks together is how they repair. Because mm-hmm. everybody's... Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. arguments are normal. 
You know, I mean, if you think you got an expert here sitting at the microphone that doesn't screw up his own relationships, boy, do you got the wrong guy here. No, but it's, it's, well, it's how you put it together. Um, I'm single right now. So obviously I, I'm trying to like reevaluate the whole dating scene and all that. And I'm taking time to refocus on things that I know that I did in my relationships and my past relationships that maybe were not the healthiest and probably, you know, it didn't contribute in, in the most positive ways. Um what would what kind of advice would you give? Because right now uh, Jared is engaged and he's engaged to be married. What kind of advice would you give to someone who is single? Last week we had Patty Sanger from um, Not to Make Her Millionaire, mm-hmm. and she was saying how the guys want women who aren't hungry, who aren't thirsty, who who don't want, who don't give off that like I want to get married and I want to have kids, and you know who are more like easygoing type. I'm not that I'm not that. I, I don't know where I kind of sit right now, but. I feel like I don't get approached um, in the way that I kind of want to be approached or with the the kind of guys that I want to approach me. So I have to be the hunter. I have to be the go-getter. And I have to be the one that has to kind of do the chasing. Um, And so when Jared was talking about practice makes perfect and going into bars and going up to women, that's me. Right. Am I doing this wrong? No, I don't think you're doing it wrong. I I do think, just as a comment, uh, a brief comment, I think that, there's too many men today who don't know what to do with equality in the world where mm-hmm. they they have the notion of feminism mixed up with what it means to be involved in a relationship and what primal courtship rituals are all about, which strips away whatever equality is. I'm Because I'm a staunch advocate of feminism. Yeah. But. So am I, just for the record. <laughs> but courtship is still courtship. So, you know, right. the guys who are sitting listening to this saying, no, 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 I'm the alpha male. They come to me. No, idiot. The alpha male goes after. Know the definition of what you say you are, please. Wait, so say that again. So the alpha male, you're saying that people, men are uh, self-proclaiming men are themselves. Back. They are sitting back. But I also don't think that right. it's anything wrong for nowadays for a woman to approach a man because we are in changing times and some men are just shy. And some men Agreed. don't know how to approach a woman because they've just never really been taught that because we live in a different age. Well, I totally agree. And that's the second half of this when, when, you know, Vanessa, when you're asking, you know, how do I do this? Am I doing the right things? Should I be approaching these guys at bars? Definitely. But then I would ask mm-hmm. you, what is your definition of love? Because too many people they're looking for a relationship. They're looking for love. And mm-hmm. I would say, no, what you want to look for is happiness. You want to look for mm-hmm. how you feel about you when you're with right. this person from there, a relationship becomes normal. Like don't, don't pre-qualify yourself because the moment you say, I really want to be in a relationship, what you're actually saying is I'm going to ignore all the red flags and all the things that I don't like. And I'm going to pretend that this is great because just, I, I just need a warm body next to me. And that's not the way it runs. That's not the way it's supposed to go. I think, um, and I was just talking about this with a friend of mine, in the last five years, I feel like I've lived like nine different lives. And I thought at the age of 25, I I knew exactly what I wanted in a partner. Although things, you know, the the fundamentals have not changed. But in the way that I perceive a relationship and perceive my own happiness, um, that has changed. And I think uh, oftentimes we tend to equate our happiness or how sad or or you know proud we are to the person that we're with and if you wake up happy it's because you make yourself happy and i think that's where i'm starting to work on and just being comfortable with myself right well happiness is someone into that happiness is definitely an inside job but it's also your definition of where you want because too many people 
end up with a, a specific plan of what they want from this person, and they have this package yeah. mm-hmm. involved. But sometimes Mr. Wright doesn't come in a two-piece suit with a smooth line and drink his hand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. he trips over his own words. He spills his drink on your dress and says, well, shit, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> my name is stupid, and I'm going to just disappear <laughs> over here for a minute. Um, they're just real. So if you if you get out of your own way and and start realizing that, that you're supposed to look for how you feel about you with them instead of how they make you feel. That's two different things. I agree. I think all my life I've been, I've pictured the idea of who I should be with and what they should be like. And Ashley, my fiance is the complete opposite of that, but I love everything about her. It's so interesting. Cause like I said, I've just always pictured myself with like a little, you know, white picket fence and like this small house in Rhode Island with this very cute shy girl. That's like, you know, you know, sunflowers and rainbows. <laughs> and I never envisioned myself with somebody like Ashley. And yet I've never been happier. And she is the person that I am supposed to be with. And so I totally agree with that. Like, don't have your blinders on, you know, be open to a lot of different types of people. And I think also to tap back into happiness, you have to be responsible for your own happiness. I think people are forgetting that nowadays because everybody gets a participation trophy. So they're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. Like, I need reassurance. I need support. I can't do this on my own. It's like, well, sometimes you're going to have to. And while, mm-hmm. yes, love is a relationship, like, uh, you know, marriage and relationships are, are two people coming together to become one. Having said that, you can't just solely rely on that other person to bring you happiness. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, no, you're you're right. So, Absolutely. Yeah, the people forget that when you when you join a relationship... So, you know, this is obviously broadcast. This isn't television. So, but I'll, I'll give it to you here in the studio. You picture two people with 100% of their stuff together, okay? And each person puts 50% into the middle. And that makes a 100% relationship, right? Mm-hmm. But it also keeps 50% of themselves back. That's so... You, you maintain your individuality. You put in 100% of your 50, Okay. Each person puts in 50% to make a relationship work at 100%, but they also keep a lot back for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like what? Mm -hmm. Like whatever you want to do. What interests you that that Ashley doesn't even care about? Of course. Well, I think... I think Will Smith said it. I response. Will Smith said it once on uh, for Valentine's Day. He was saying how relationships should be two individual people on their own individual path, and now and then their paths will cross, but then they will uncross, and you you will still continue on your own path. And I guess that's kind of like the same analogy. Maybe um, you're talking about where you're putting in that fifty percent, a hundred percent of that fifty percent into the relationship, but you still keep some to yourself. Yes, in you're supposed to, to do the things. You, yeah. Well, and it's and it's not about being secretive. It's not about holding back from your relationship. What I'm saying is, what do you want? Don't tell me about your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, mm-hmm. your boss, your car, like mm-hmm. any of that stuff. What do you want from life? I, I think some people don't like that because it takes like the romantic side of, of it out. Where it's like, Not no, no, really no, you though. have to be more logical about going into your relationship because you have to go 50% of you into the relationship and then 50% out. I'm not saying it's wrong. Well, what no. I'm saying is that I think probably some people are like, well, that just, it sounds too... Um, non-Disney? It's non-Disney, but I, but exactly. I, but that's what we were taught. I guess that's what we've been taught to do as a, at a young age. And I think that's why a lot of relationships don't work out or marriages don't work out because you kind of lose your own identity and you want to you and i think that was an issue that i had too um i wanted to always fulfill whatever my partner's soul needed and i was forgetting what my needs and my my desires were and then when the relationship would end i'm like oh god i'm going back to being myself again so i think 
you know, it's important to always have, I always say, I, I didn't I didn't use that 50-50 uh, analogy. I would always say maybe 70% percent too, and, you know, if all else fails, then at least you're starting back up from 30% and you're not starting back from zero. Charles, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's important nowadays to be in a committed relationship or a marriage? I think that's an individual decision. I think that uh, commitment doesn't necessarily need a marriage behind it. Marriage mm-hmm. is a public, religious, and and or spiritual proclamation of love that already exists. So if mm-hmm. you're not in love and you're not connected, no piece of paper, no ceremony, no gathering of friends is going to make that real or more real. Um, as for commitment, that's an individual decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that primarily and sociologically, we're not meant for marriage as a species. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of I'm, I'm going towards, because even while I'm hearing you talk about like 50% in, but make sure you get 50% out. It's so curious that we put such an emphasis on marriage and lifelong partners. And when you take a step back, is it in our nature to be with only one person for the rest of our lives? From a human standpoint, the answer is no. Sociologically, the answer is no. Um, it actually goes against our DNA. We're supposed to procreate sire children, perpetuate strong bloodlines. So where did this all come from? Well, if you back up in history. Religion? Well, partially. Um, marriage was usually, um, it, it was either religious in nature, but it was really uh, also mostly tied into political alignment, um, where you would stop wars, align families, align countries. Uh, so these were largely arranged marriages, which is a different show on on Lifetime right yeah. before us. But um, <laughs> the, uh, the it was really about connecting people together for political or military reasons. Uh, it was also uh, rooted in patriarchy. So what you were actually doing was guaranteeing sexual access by a man to an exclusive woman. That's all that he, she was allowed to be with. So how did it evolve now to finding your soulmate? What do you think happened? Well, I think there's a lot of romance put behind it. I'm a firm believer in, so I can give you the reality of of history and all of that, but I'm a firm believer in love at first sight and soulmates and connection. You know, if, I mean, I can quote Carl Sagan here, right? Like if we're all star stuff and we're all made of the same thing that's floating through the cosmos, then we are all connected anyway. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, then, you know, pieces of us are running around this room and, and all the listeners that are that are here and we're all connected in some way. So I, I can add the romance back into this really quickly, but it, it doesn't it won't matter if you you add a bunch of of stuff to it that has to be achieved with all the expectations like connection is really natural. You know, this conversation has been really fluid the whole time we've been in it because we're all comfortable. We're mm-hmm. all sitting here. You guys didn't know me before I sat down. At the Not mic, at all. But we're all connected now and we're all talking and being honest and open. Except for seven year switch, which it- I do watch. <laughs> well, those those people have some challenges that they have to. Yeah, have it's to a very interesting with. show. Well, so what what do you find interesting about it? Uh, the fact that it's like <clears throat> the fact that people get in such a rut sometimes that they feel the need to change their entire life to a certain extent. Where I need to put myself in somebody else's shoe to realize what I have and what I should be grateful for and what I need in life. That's so I, I would never argue with your perception, and and I agree with it. The other side of it, from the from the expert standpoint, is that we're removing all the bad patterns that got them to that point anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, so th- if you think about traditional <clears throat> couples therapy, you spend you know sixty minutes with an expert to try to learn new things. Then you go home and you spend six days and twenty three hours reinforcing all the negative crap that you're trying to undo. We get you out of that pattern. And we pull you out for two weeks 
and we partner you so, with somebody as a as a training ground to learn new skills and new communication tactics. Mm-hmm. So how do they? How do you get them out of that pattern? And and it's too weak enough for them to get out of that pattern. Well, that's the amazing part of human dynamics. When you know, when you're partnered with the same person for a long time, you've known your fiance for three years. Mm-hmm. If I were to live under your bed for a week and, and listen to the interaction between mm-hmm. the two of you, I'd have a sense of... It's weird to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that analogy didn't really go well. But I was let's... trying to picture that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's when you get to know really the inner workings of a relationship, how yeah. you interrelate. Um, and those dynamics are really baked in because you're out of dating mode. You may be in romance and engagement mode, but you guys know each other pretty well. Yes. And that's what these couples are experiencing. Like they know each other really well. I know that if I say, I don't understand, you've hurt my feelings. What he will say back to me is, yeah, well, I got to go to work. So I don't really care. Like I got to go. You know, you always have your feelings hurt. But we take them out of that and we put them with someone new where you would never say that to a total stranger, just to your spouse, right? The person you love the most. We get them back to basics with how to communicate with people and we get to rejuvenate and redo their dynamics as a couple by giving them a safe training ground and a brand new perspective. So it's both, right? They get this training ground for new communication techniques and they get the perspective of, yeah, so if you keep going down this path with your spouse, your life will be without them and this is how that feels. I love that because I've, I've always believed that relationships and marriage, that you have to put effort and work into it and the idea of going back to basics, kind of relearn each other a little bit to really work on one another is very important. I love that concept. Well, it's working on one another for sure and it's also working on themselves. Individual. Yeah, yes. th- that's what I meant. Like not only working on each other but working on yourself to make sure that you're a better partner. Exactly. And we all have work to do, including me. You know, I'm, I'm still working on stuff. And that's very important for everybody self-aware to the fact that, yes, there are things that, like for me personally, that I need to do better within my relationship to make Ashley happier and to make myself happier and to make us a better couple. But before you go, I do, I have to touch on this because it's such a fascinating story. You went undercover on oh, a website yes, called AshleyMadison.com, which is notoriously known for... Cheating husbands who go on there and hook up with women on the internet. Right. I, I was on there before the bots were, were on there trying to get people to yeah, date and all of that. Wasn't there like a year ago something that happened with this website? Yeah. And there was like a lot of data names. Data breach. There I was, was a part data. of that data breach. Did your name come out? Oh, yeah. I'm on the dark web. Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. Well, you went undercover. I did. So, but, but I used my real, a fake name, but a real email address so that I could interact. So what what so gave what you this happened? idea? How did you even, why did you do this? Well, I'm really brave or I'm really stupid. Probably both. 50-50. Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> you I seem like a very on intelli- stupid side. No, you seem like a very intelligent man. <laughs> Not this time. Um, and anybody who puts their relationship on the line to to investigate this way, not in order to save their relationship mm-hmm. like on seven year switch, but to to test the waters and see why people do things. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, I wouldn't do it again. But it was a fascinating exploration. So the, the long story short um, is that I went undercover. I created three different personas. Uh, and what I was really trying to come up with, I, I had a hypothesis of why women end up upset in their relationships and why they choose to cheat instead of leave. But I wanted to get some real world fact on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this was with my wife's knowledge. Like, you know, I didn't go undercover without telling her. Um, Smart man. Uh, or really stupid, as we said. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I ended up in over 30 chat sessions that ended up super dicey. Like, and I wrote about it in the article. Like, you can 
picture. This article was optioned for film, by the way. That's so what like, I was we'll just see. about to say. Right. This is going to be yeah. made into a movie. Hopefully. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting on the couch as my daughter's at the table doing her homework. My son's playing the PlayStation, pushing his his controller at me saying play doubles with me as I'm talking to some lady about how she wants to go down on me later that oh, night, right? Oh like totally God. surreal experience. So I took 30 online sessions and parlayed that into three in-person dates. And I got to tell you, like, no. you, you know, yeah, you, you put yourself in harm's way and you find harm, right? Like I didn't cheat, but I really wanted to. And Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And your wife was aware, like you, we you talked were open all, about this? Uh, we talked all about it. Um, and, but uh, I'm guessing like this website, Ashley Madison, is kind of like Instagram and Facebook. Like it's so accessible to be doing those things online and behind someone's back. Well, it's, right? it's you accessible. You don't have to go on a website. No, you don't. I mean, Ashley Madison just makes a business out of it. You can do it anywhere. Um, and that's what, I, to your point, like it's so accessible anywhere. You can do this anywhere. Uh, and it's oh, it's so, you know, temptation used to be like you go out with the boys, you have a, a couple of drinks, you end up with this, you know, hot lady at the end of the bar. That's tempting. Now you just fire up your mobile phone. And, and it's and it's all in front of your face. That's the thing. You just right. scroll through Instagram and it's mm-hmm. just that's all it. right there. Yeah, it, it's and it's and bad. It is really bad. Yeah. Do you feel like this put a strain on your little experiment, put a strain on your marriage? Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, it brought out cracks that we didn't know were, were even there. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I bet it's made you stronger since then because I think people forget, too, somebody like yourself who's doing investigating work in journalism, you have to get to the nitty-gritty of it. And you have to, like, put yourself into that experience and really find out what the hell is going on because it's so easy for someone like myself to talk from a third person's perspective and be like, oh, that's good, this is bad, blah, blah, blah. But you were like, no, I'm actually diving into this mm-hmm. with everybody's mm-hmm. knowledge and, like, finding out what it's like firsthand so I can relate at a at a better level at a better level definitely um i don't know if it made my marriage more successful Um, no but like you said like i mean maybe you maybe there's cracks there but having said that like you said earlier fighting is not the worst like sometimes you need that like you said there's no there's no such thing as a perfect relationship and the idea that like oh we never fight or nothing's ever wrong is a disney fabricated story no doubt it's how you repair for sure it's how you communicate come back Mm -hmm. together and repair but i would not recommend anybody doing what i did ever at any (laughs) time should i repeat that again yeah don't if you're listening (laughs) to this you know you can sit back and go wow and then you can say wow he's so stupid and then don't do it well i gotta tell you charles you are pretty impressive i must say that people have called you the carrie bradshaw meets hitch which might be the best compliment i've ever heard in my entire life uh, yeah that i would have to agree that was it was amazing to be uh and you've written, pulled out that way and you've written five books i have but i love the name of all of them uh don't date a dick uh <laughs> the problem with women is men volumes one and two love it um so definitely uh, charles thank you so much for coming in uh couldn't get enough of you please everybody check out um your uh show on lifetime it's in its third season seven year switch uh what date and time is tuesday nights 10 p.m local time uh 9 p.m eastern oh sorry central 9 p.m central uh and episode two uh we've just launched so we're you know we're at the beginning of the season but you can binge it on hulu and on uh 
and on iTunes. Oh, so it's on Hulu it and iTunes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And on and at mylifetime.com uh, for the website if, for those who don't want to pay. Okay, very cool. Tuesday <laughs> nights, 10 o'clock, um, but you can always stream it on Hulu. Um, Charles, thank you so much for coming in. Anything else you want to say thank before you, you get out of here? No, thanks for thanks for having me. I mean, I guess the, the only thing I would add, if, uh, if you're going to allow me to close things a little bit, is that if you have a dating profile, the first thing you should put on there is I demand the very best from people, period. Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that. I demand I the very that. best from people, including yourself. By the I way, I was just going to say <laughs> that you stole the words right out of my mouth. Sorry, I was like, including myself. God, I love that, Charles. Thank you so much for coming in. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, my social handle, and my website are all the same. Charles J Orlando. You, that's dot com, Snapchat, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, or you can join a million and a half people on Facebook and get free advice there as well. Awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, you guys. Oh, thank you. A big thank you to Charles Orlando. God, what an interesting yes. guy. Super interesting. Uh, yeah, awesome, awesome expert on seven-year switch. Pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. I like him a lot. But you know what's also is really cool, Vanessa? You know what's uh, super cool? I probably know what you're going to talk about. You know it's really cool? is healthy hair. And it's very important. Why is healthy hair important to you, Vanessa? I mean, I feel like that's the first thing people notice, right? Derek, you talk about your hair. I'm, like, always going for either haircuts or going to talk to my hairstylist. I actually just got, believe it or not, my um, delivery for, drum roll, my surgical gummy, uh, gummy bears. Yeah, so, sugar bear hair, baby. I love them so much. I've been probably talking about them on social media uh, and using them for about a year now. And if you can picture any celebrity with amazing hair, you can bet that they have a stylist who clue them in onto sugar bear hair. Jared, I want to ask you, um, what is your first... Did you ever try them, actually, the sugar bear hair? Yeah. Oh, of course. You don't think I steal them from Ashley? What do you add to your mind? They taste so good. I can only eat... You can't eat more than two a day, though, so it's a little bit of a tease, but I... Hard, I know you got to really control yourself. But, but I understand it's it's more for the hair than it is the taste. It's more for the hair, for your nail growth as well. And ever since I've been using them, you're supposed to take two a day. They're great for all hair types, all gender, um, and it's supposed to make your hair shinier and thicker. And my hair has been so luscious lately, and people have been asking me what I've been doing. Um, and I've been using the Sugar Bear Hair Gummies, um, and they are a bestseller on Amazon with thousands of rave reviews. They taste like sweet, delicious candy made with the juice of real berries, but they contain everything you need for stronger and healthier hair. And as a teacher, I love this um, this bit of information I'm about to give you guys. As much vitamin A as four cups of broccoli, as much vitamin C as one cup of cranberries, and as much vitamin B12 as four organic eggs. I love them. I use them every day, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. I just got my new supply. Nutrients from Sugar Bear Hair fans also found their nails and skin quality improved over time, and I could attest to that, too. I'm pretty sure that they just changed the slogan from an apple a day keeps the doctor away to two, two Sugar Bear Hair a day keeps the doctor away. You know what I'm saying? So listen, guys, this is what you're going to want to do for all our followers out there that want Sugar Bear Hair. You just go to sugarbearhair.com slash help. That's H-E-L-P, help, for beautiful hair and a healthier you. That's sugarbearhair.com slash help. Um, guys, go check it out today for healthier hair, just like Vanessa. Yep, you love it. So, Vanessa, what's new in your life uh, north of the border? North of the border in good old Canada. Um, not much. I mean, as you guys know, I've been moving into my new apartment. I haven't had any furniture today. Actually, I'm getting my couch with my my dining room table, real exciting. Those are my updates. Nothing else really going on. I was actually in Florida with my sister and my nephew and Aww. my brother-in-law, so that was fun. Um, nice little getaway because um, you need to recharge your batteries and just step away. So I did that for a little bit, and now I'm back home. And I mean, there's not 
much. Actually, there's a Just for Last festival happening in Montreal this week, which is the biggest comedy festival in the world. Um, John Mayer is actually doing a show with Dave Chappelle. What? Slow dancing in a burning room combined with Dave Chappelle? That's amazing. It's like my dream come true. So excited. So that those are my updates. What, what's going on with you? Are you guys planning your wedding? Uh, we're trying to. So we're getting there. So we actually put a rough draft in uh, two weeks ago for our first guest list. So we just, Ooh. yeah, we trying to, we kind of <laughs> named every, uh, Vanessa, of course you're invited. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> but we just kind of put a list out there of, you know, everybody we could possibly think of who we want to invite the wedding. And then we're going to try to narrow it down from there. So, you know, we're starting off with like, you know, 1500 names really. Um, no, 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 I'm teasing. Come on now. You think I honestly, we're just, well, listen, aren't you, Ashley's Italian, right? Uh, yeah. Her dad's Sicilian. Oh, exactly. So she's really Italian. So Very Italian. kind of sounds. That sounds normal to me. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, that's legit. So now we're just kind of putting a guest list together, trying to figure out who we're going to invite to the wedding. But we talked to a wedding planner, and he his advice was put everybody on the list you could possibly think of and then narrow mm-hmm. it down from there. And mm-hmm. so that's what mm-hmm. exactly we did. It was kind of fun to just be like, you know, who are we going to invite? Who, like your cousins, my aunt, blah, 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 blah. And then it was also, right. the coolest part was thinking about bachelor people, like thinking about- That's what I was going to ask, the our, franchise. Our you guys con- have so many friends in the franchise. Exactly. Not only, you know, cast members, but production. And so mm-hmm. it was cool, like putting our, you know, putting those names together and be like, who's going to come to our wedding? Who are we inviting? Is this going to be televised? Uh, to be determined. We'll see. Ooh. What the most important thing for myself is to make sure that Ashley has the best wedding that she's ever dreamed of. So whether that's on camera or off camera, it doesn't really matter as long as it's the best possible wedding that she's always dreamed of. Because it's important to me to have, obviously, a great wedding. But I know Ashley, obviously, very well. And I know that Ashley has been dreaming of this day since the day she came out of the womb. So, like, I want to make sure... That TV show she's been watching, Bridezilla, or there's a show. Yeah, that... well, she watches Bridezilla. She watches Bridezilla, um, yeah. Say Yes to the Dress, which I watch now, too. You know, uh, you know, if I'm on the couch and the TV's on, I don't really have control. Um, so she's she's always watched those shows. So I know she's super excited. So we're trying to just put that together for her. Well, let's talk about bachelor and bachelorette parties. I know. Well, when now is- I'm trying to figure out bachelor and bachelorette parties. So. I, the cool thing is, for Ashley, I know that her bachelor party is going to be super low-key. She doesn't even like going out on the weekends, let alone like throwing this huge rager. So I know she wants to like just rent a house, have some girlfriends over like for a night or two, and just, you know do whatever they used to do back in their teenage years, like have sleepovers in their pajamas, watch chick flicks, drink wine. That's going to be her bachelorette party, which is probably going to no be zipper? some... No, well, I mean, she can have strippers if she wants. I don't think she wants strippers, but her sister might get one for fun. Um, but for me, I kind of want to do the same thing. I've always been pretty low key, and so mm-hmm. like as fun as it would be to go to Vegas with a lot of my friends, like I'm so much more low key. Where I just kind of want to hang in, drink, right. watch movies, like have honestly like a cookout. That'd be my ideal bachelor party, where it's just like eight to ten of my closest friends. We're in a backyard. We're drinking beer. We're playing bags or cornhole, as you people call it over here it's bags okay that's bags bags it's the the, yeah i i call it bags i think it's an east coast thing though it's totally bags everybody it's cornhole that's the game crack open some pop and play some bags crack open some pop maybe (laughs) just no bud light um crack open some pop you know play some bags have a good time we'll have the patriots playing in the background it'll be a great time um so that's kind of like my ideal bachelor party but we'll see i'm still planning that like i'm trying to figure out who's in the bachelor party who's not in the bachelor party and then like the good thing is though i think ashley said she has like 10 people in her bachelorette party right now that's what, what? she's saying in the bridal party like bridal party excuse me yes bridal party 
That is a lot. But the good thing is I don't have to match that because I was actually recent on a wedding where the groomsman was seven or eight up, people. Yeah. And then the bridal party was like 10. So... Oh, yeah, so when they walk, like one, you can have like two guys walk down with one. Feminine. I had, <laughs> I, I had a girl on each arm. So <laughs> yeah, there we go. Felt pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie about that one. So we'll see. Just like it's so early on, though. People are like, "When's the date? Have you guys planning?" We're like, "We don't even know." And then they're like, "Is it gonna be a TV wedding?" You don't have a date? No, we don't have a date. And I get it. We're right now. We're saying next summer. Okay. But we don't have, like, we're not saying it's July 27th. We we don't know the exact date of mm-hmm. when it's going to happen, which is actually a little concerning because we still need to find a venue, which apparently books up, like, yep. what sounds like Real 15 quick. years in advance. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I remember... Especially if you want something super popular. Um, so, okay, so we're not sure if it's televised. We're not sure when you're going to get married. Not sure about anything. Okay, what what we're sure about is that Ashley and I want to spend the rest of our lives together, and we're going to get married at some point next oh, wait, year. I did have a question. Are you guys living together? No, not yet. So we're probably going to start. I mean, I spend every night over there, so it doesn't. Right. Even, I guess yeah. We're technically we're not living together, but we pretty much are. So we were originally thinking November when I'd move in because Ashley just recently moved into a three bedroom and it's still getting put together. And I don't want to move in halfway through her little apartment yeah. project. Oh, trust me. And it's, it's a hassle. I'm going through it now. And half of my deliveries are not sending in the proper deliveries or my mirrors are coming in cracked or I totally. can't find the proper. Yeah. It's, it's a hassle. So, so to I get add that. another hassle of myself to that situation. You are would... not, I'm sure you are not a hassle. I find myself pretty easy not. to live with. I'm not going to lie about that one, but yeah. I also don't want to invade her space while like, you know, there's boxes everywhere and there's still pictures need to be hanging up in shelves. And while I'm hanging it up, like I want to make sure that her apartment is set, ready to go. And it's like, okay, now I feel okay. Or excuse me. Now Ashley would feel okay for me to move in. But the thing is now we've been talking, I might move in earlier because I pretty much live there as it is. I don't like mm-hmm. sleeping in a bed without Ashley and neither does she. And so it doesn't really make sense for me not to move in sooner. So probably realistically, August or September, within the next month or so, I'd probably move in. Okay. Wait, maybe I shouldn't be asking you this. Are you still where you were before? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Living with oh, Nick. Okay. okay. I know that's so weird. I know I do a podcast <laughs> with Vanessa and I live with Nick. Go figure. Right? If you would have asked me that a year ago, it would have been like, you're outside your mind. That's never going to happen. And yet here we yeah. are. I know, but you guys are so, but you guys are so mature about everything. Like I've never, you've never said anything, uh, uh, awkward. Uh, like you've never brought an awkwardness to the idea that I'm, I'm good friends with Nick and you're doing a podcast with me and Nick has never brought any type of awkwardness to me about being good friends with him, but doing a podcast with you. You guys are both very mature about the entire situation. Very understanding of how this business goes, specifically how the bachelor franchise goes where you're just friends with constant your ex. Like. Like, I mean, I just got to, you know, like I'm friends with, uh, you know, for example, um, Wells, Wells is a friend of mine and he made out with Ashley and I just got to accept the fact that that happened and like, I got to right. move past it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very weird, weird world and complicated world we live in, but, um, no, we're, I'm very fortunate to, um, to still have that, you know, Nick and I still have a level of respect for each other. And I always find that important when you end a relationship to still remember the good times that you had. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't, I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't awkward for anyone 
And uh, but I'm glad I'm glad we're at the point we are right now. Well, speaking of Bachelor, did you, you don't you didn't watch the episode last night, did you? I didn't know because I was on a flight back home gotcha. from Florida. So let me. So maybe you can fill me in. I will fill you in very quickly. It was down to three. It was fantasy sweet weeks. Uh, the final three: Garrett, uh, Blake, and Jason. Jason is the one who went home. She sent him home before the fantasy suite. Um, but what happened was he. Like, the drama came in because Jason left. She sent him home because she said that she was in love with Blake and Garrett, but only falling in love with him wasn't there yet. So she had to send him home because the feelings weren't as strong. And so he came back at the end for more clarity. And the problem becomes, I find, that sometimes with a lot of these contestants, which is understandable, there's just no clarity in the Bachelor franchise. So the idea of coming back and asking for more is something Mm -hmm. I guess I can relate to. But having said that, it's also so difficult because... Unlike the real world, not the real world because The Bachelor is the real world, but unlike, you know, The Bachelor bubble, like, if you're out in the real world, you can just, like, it fades away with time. Yeah. Where, yeah. on The Bachelor, it's just, like, this is the way it works. Like, it's over. I'm sorry. I have two more relationships that have Mm -hmm. further feelings than I do with you. So, like, with Fantasy Sweet Week... Vanessa, because you went through this, I did not. I was I was fourth. I was cut the week before. Uh, what was your experience going with Fantasy Week, knowing that like Nick was gonna be, you know, spending overnights with not only yourself but two other women? How awkward was that? Um, it, it's, I honestly sometimes I think that I look back and I'm like, did I do the show? I don't know if you feel like like this, but it feels like it's been so long ago, and oh. it's such a it's it's once you're in it and once you're filming, a week feels like a month, and like a day feels like weeks. So. I kind of just went into it knowing I really want to spend that alone time with him. Cameras off, just getting to know each other's personalities and just like, me, you know Nick. Nick can talk for days. So we literally spoke the entire night. Um, but back to Becca's uh, season before I, I got cut off, um, I have to respect the leads that do that and know that if they do not have the strong as strong feelings for a person, that they're not going to bring them into um, something as big as, fantasy suite and totally. leave them on yeah i totally so agree. i respect becca's decision for that oh, absolutely i think if she knew before the fantasy suite that jason was not the guy you absolutely let him go before the fantasy yeah. suite just like she did yeah. with colton last week she knew it wasn't colton and she wanted to let him go as soon as she figured out that it wasn't going to be him at the end of this thing and so it just leaves garrett and blake um so who do you think is going to win garrett i think i think what do garrett, you think? i think yeah. i don't know because wait who's funnier garrett or blake uh, they're really neither one of them is funny. <laughs> the problem with like I like Blake. He seems like an all right dude, but man, he is so obsessed with Becca. It's getting to the point of creepiness a little bit. Like I don't think Blake is obsessed with Becca because she's the Bachelorette. I truly think that he just digs her for who she is. Having said that, beautiful. Blake kind of reminds me. It is beautiful, but it's a little much. Blake reminds me of the guy who would the guy that falls hard very fast. Like after one date is like. I'm in love with you, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. Is he younger? He's like late 20s, I think. He is kind of younger. He seems like 28, 29. Garrett, I think, is in his early... Garrett is right around the same age. The thing about Garrett, Garrett's been married once before. He had a marriage for two months. Oh, is that... Or is that considered marriage? I'm sorry, what? Was was the marriage... Or was he still considered, like, divorced? 
No, no, no. He got married. So he was with her for three years, I think. They got married. The marriage lasted for two months before they got divorced. The divorce is finalized. This happened like two years ago or something like that. But that's pretty much Garrett's storyline on there. So, like, I think that I don't really know. I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't feel it as much with Garrett and Becca as I do with Becca and Blake. So I think that she should put, I, I, I think it should be Blake. I think that, like, while he is a little obsessive Why? and in his own head a little bit. Exactly. But I think that their connection is stronger than what she has with Garrett. That's what I think it comes down with. So let's figure out who Becca picks, whether it be Blake, whether it be uh, Garrett. That's all going to be very dramatic. As Chris Harrison would say, the most dramatic season in Bachelor history. But speaking of drama, we have our wonderful, our amazing, our co-host who's traveling all around the world on the line. Dean. Dean, are you out there? What do you mean? Speaking of drama. <laughs> I knew you'd love that. <laughs> what does that even mean? Do I come along with drama attached to me or something? Dude, if you watched Bachelor in Paradise last year, come on now. You were the centerfold uh, of it. Not a bad thing. You uh, were just like the storyline. I'm in Paris currently. You guys should go look at my latest Instagram post. I have a very special friend visiting me in Paris actually as well. Oh, really? I saw, oh, I saw the drone. The drone action looked well, freaking amazing. Oh, thanks. Well, that was great. But uh, you guys remember, well, Vanessa knows Alex. Alex Forty from my season is in Paris right now, too. And we're we're, uh, yeah. we're roomies for the next couple of days. Oh, my God. Alex is a hug for me. I will give him a hug for you. I've given him quite a few hugs, actually, so far. But those have all been for me, not for you. Guys, did he so. come visit you because he knew you were out there? Or did he just randomly run into you? No, he's in Europe. He was in Russia with his family. And oh, obviously, right. France is kind of on the way back to the U.S. if you're traveling west. So... Decided to stop over him and his brother, and we're, we're all hanging out. And what's great, which which I am very thankful for, is I'm going to be able to pawn him off on a bunch of Parisians and send him on some dates for some reconnaissance and uh, figure, out, figure out what it's like for an American, well, an American Russian to be dating in France. I think that's what all the listeners are interested to know. Obviously, everybody wants to know what dating international is like. Speaking of that, have you been on any dates in the past week? Um, have I been on any dates in the past week? I have not. So since we last spoke, I think I was in Kuala Lumpur last. I went to Singapore and then I went to Greece and then I got to Paris this morning or late last night. Um, and Greece Paris is fine. Is the city so of love. Paris is the city of love. I still have uh, a lot more time here. So, you know, maybe I'll go on a date while I'm here, TBD. Um, but the funny thing is, so, so when I was in Greece, Greece, at least the area that I was in was kind of like a, more like a party area. I met up with three of my friends who happened to be staying there as well. Um, and they were going on dates left and right, which was kind of weird and good for me at the same time because it kind of gave me some time to explore the island and, and flood it down a little bit. But um, Greece is interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Greece, but the area that we were in was it was which is like northern Greece. And it was like a huge party scene. So it was like a bunch of, you know, 20-year-olds just partying the whole time. And they were, like I said, they were going on dates left and right. It was actually kind of mind-blowing. And, and there wasn't very many Greek. They were in uh, Corfu. We didn't go to Mykonos. Oh, Mykonos, yeah. Unfortunately. But it wasn't that they were dating many Greek women, I guess, because um, that's typically not where they would go to party. But a lot of international. So my friend that I was with, uh, they, like, met, I, like, well, where was she from? She was, like, Albanian or something. And I don't know. It's always interesting traveling internationally to places like that where, it's kind of like an international hot spot for people to meet and just kind of party and drink and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, I'm sad because I want, obviously, like I, while I'm on this adventure, I want to be able to 
gathered dating intel and shared with you guys, but I'm kind of uh, kind of a dork when it comes to dating. Like, I don't really want to go on dates when I'm especially traveling internationally, you know? No, yeah, totally. It makes like, God, sense. like, what if you end up liking someone and then you have to come back to America? Like, what do you do then? Right. You do long distance, you know? No, it would make no sense to for you. Exactly. Especially if you're, like, Albanian or something. You never, I mean, long distance is tough regardless of who you are. Even in the U.S., like, if you're in, uh, what, like, California to New York, it's hard enough, and then you go, obviously, triple that distance. Yeah, but Dean, you also um, have to remember, like, you going on dates is not for yourself. It's for our own entertainment. So you're doing it for us. <laughs> yeah. I've already, I've already done that three times on the, on the Bachelorette Paradise and Winter Games. I've already dated <laughs> for your entertainment. All right, that's fair assessment. So what's your and favorite I'm, thing you've done in France so far? I'm sick of it. Um, well, like I said, we haven't been here very long. We climbed to the top of the Eiffel Tower today. How uh, was that? Was, was it badass? Beautiful. It was pretty badass. I was like, obviously, it would be nice to be in Paris with a girlfriend or a significant other. Aww. Um, You're going to get so many girls you know, sliding into your DM now? Dude, I like he doesn't have 17 girls sliding into a, his DM every minute. Oh, well, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but that's <laughs> what it's about. And so, well, are there, yeah. a lot of, are there a lot of single ladies over in France? The, have you, like, kind of been, uh, you know, chit-chatting at all? Not dates, but just, like, the, casual? I will, I will say the French women are beautiful. Um, I On my flight out here, um, so Alex and his brother got in this morning, and like I said, I got in late yesterday. Um, and actually, I was on the same flight as my buddy that I was in Greece with, and so we like went out for a couple of drinks, and I came to bed pretty early, about like 10:30 or 11. But I mean, the French women are beautiful. I, I never really expected to. I mean, not obviously, I wasn't not expecting it, but um, like everywhere we went, and it was like a young. They're very what looking? Natural, like uh, just naturally so natural. beautiful. Like not yeah. a lot of makeup. Yeah, like not enhanced or, you know, like they they don't wear a lot of makeup in Europe. Why do I feel that French women don't shave their armpits? Is that like a fallacy? <laughs> Maybe that's what I, I can know. do is just go. So it was a trend at one point. Uh, is it still a trend or did it end? I don't know. I guess we'll have to ask uh, Dean to find out for us. Yeah, Dean, just go up to a nice little French lady and be like, uh, Scusi, uh, would you mind lifting your arm for me for a quick second? No, I'm not even gonna ask. I'm just gonna go up to random women and start checking for myself. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? I guarantee those women will allow you to do that. Dean has this way where he oh, can be out of here. I swear to God, Dean, it's unbelievable how you just don't. You have this natural charm about you where I'm pretty sure. Like for example, You're I'm very a du- personable. dude. I'm I'm a guy, and you, I would let you if you went over and was like, "Hey, can you lift your arm?" I'd be like, "Yeah, sure, okay." Like, <laughs> sure, man, check out his armpit. Yeah, you that. like it? It's pretty good. I think that's. That uh, it definitely does kind of go a long way traveling, especially by yourself. But not necessarily like that, but just like uh, uh, I don't know, say personability, because I would never say <laughs> but um, being respectful and mannerful when you travel, it definitely helps like meet people and like carry on conversations that maybe otherwise wouldn't necessarily happen. But so traveling by yourself, what's the like one of the few things that you've learned about yourself? that you probably maybe changed you? Um, I don't know if I think anything has necessarily changed me, but I will say I think we discussed this a little bit last week is um, the more time I spend alone, the more I, like, begin to revert to, like, the thoughts, like, the thought patterns that I had when I was younger. Because, like, I think I've I've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, I was kind of always, like, a nerd and, and a loner up until, like, maybe 15 or 16. And... I always, I always had like these not like weird thoughts, but like different ways of thinking. And then 
um, after from 16 until I was, you know, 25, 26, however old I am, there was, it was like, you kind of think more different when you're in social settings and you're surrounded by your friends all the time, right? And if you never really take the time to be by yourself, you never uh, allow yourself to have your own, like, original thoughts. And it's not like, I mean, obviously, there's anything profound or anything like that, but it's still really interesting to see the difference of um, how my regular life, when I'm back in Los Angeles, I'm around my friends 24-7, and then, like, here, obviously, I'm allowed to be by myself a little bit more and things just kind of... Um, I don't know, unfold a little bit differently in my, inside my head. And I don't know, it's just a weird thing. It's not necessarily like I've, I've found myself in any kind of sort of way. It's just a different, uh, I guess, experience, you know? Totally. That makes sense. Are you still writing? Um, I am. I haven't been quite as much just because I've met up with friends for the past maybe like a week or so. Um, and I've kind of, kind of been kicking myself for that a little bit as well. Um, I plan on, I still have another two weeks left, so I plan on doing that a little bit more. Well, the reason um, I asked is, long, the reason I asked is someone actually on the uh, Help I Suck at Dating podcast Facebook group wrote on July 19th, said, just listen to the pod, and I vaguely remember some psychic guy coming on some months ago telling Dean he should get into writing, but Dean didn't seem too interested. Fast forward months later, and he's, you know, waking up at three in the morning, writing his life away. So was that true? Did somebody yeah, come funny. on a... It's funny, yeah, I remember, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, it was Domin- Dominic or something like that. He came on, he told me that, and I kind of, like, scoffed that up. Like, ah, no, that's never going to be me. I'm not a writer by any means. Uh, and, uh, like, I obviously still am not, but it's just interesting to, you know, put words onto paper or laptop or whatever it is. Um, and it's just, like, it's interesting to kind of, like, chronicle. It's like, you're journaling, right? Like, I've never really journaled before, but to be like, I kind of chronicle the things that are going on inside your head, it's, it's interesting. It's like a weird way of, um, it has a different perspective because it's, yeah, very therapeutic. Like it just has a unique perspective to, to things, but totally um, this, this... I need to keep doing that. I definitely like, I like will jot down on my phone every once in a while on like my notepad of like things that I want to like sit down and actually write about and like expand further upon. So it's just a matter of like taking the time to uh, sit down and, and kind of explore the thoughts and ideas and all that kind of stuff. Well, the psychic's name was, uh, Reginald Lewis. Yeah, he was in studio, yeah, wasn't he? Me. Yes. He, yeah, he made there. the vibes and the aromas. Like, everybody had a different color. Uh, oh, he's an aura color reader. An aura color reader. Yes. Wow, he had yeah. you pinpointed, Dean. Holy Was he there when, um, Jared, you were there as well? I, I was there. I He said, it was, it was like, it was focused on Dean, though. It was right around, like, a, a couple months ago. Um... Where oh, Dean was going through some stuff, and, and and so it was a lot about Dean. He just said about me that like I had like an orange, I think, creativity color oh. on me, which was very nice. Um, but that's and so. Mine was red. Your yours is red. Maybe my mine was yellow. Then I don't. Remember. I think mine is blue or something. Blue. What does that mean? I don't remember what blue means, but I remember her saying that I was very empathetic, and that because I have the um, be very receptive to energies. I can somehow, you know, feel sad sometimes if I'm around someone who's like not feeling well. I can absorb their energies, and I need to learn how to, um, you know, still be empathetic towards other people, like be able to understand why I'm feeling certain ways and how it can be because of other people's energies around me. Blah blah blah. But she was so spot on about so much stuff, and I think at one point too, the same person on Instagram, um, she did an reading on reason and her boyfriend and she was really spot on with them too and we were talking about that um it's really interesting 
Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean, Reginald, man, he nailed it on the head. So, Dean, you got to keep writing. I still am a little skeptical of all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like uh, law of attraction sort of thing, maybe to a degree. But I mean, I'm skeptical too, but he, he did call it with you in writing. That's very interesting. So you got to keep writing and let us know how it's going. Well, I'll keep writing. Yeah, I mean, I look at Instagram captions every single day. <laughs> Did you have um, any other new tattoos? Do, no, but I re-pierced my ear today. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Tagged Alexis and Nation. Wait, what? So when, I, when, when I was in fifth grade, my aunt came to visit who lived in New Jersey. I was 10, and she's like, Dean, you have to get your ear pierced. And so I was like, okay, Aunt Bonnie, I'll get my ear pierced. Like, sure. And I got it pierced, and I had a little hoopy earring in there for a while. And then it closed, and then when I was, like, 17, uh, I got it re-pierced, but in a different spot of my ear. So I've always had two holes on my left ear, but I've never really had two earrings in there at the same time. And so I was, like, walking around Paris by myself today, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to re-pierce that second hole and just kind of see what happens. And so that's what I did. And you say that traveling alone hasn't changed you. Now you're a man (laughs) with pierced earrings. I love it. I almost got pierced earrings in high school, too. I I wanted studs. I wanted two studs. I was that guy. Oh, yeah. That's like in the early 2000s. I was in. Until I was wearing my Paul Pierce um, Celtics jersey. I wanted two studs. Feel good. I had my ears gauged. You do, you, I could you, totally you can, see that. You can see it. There's a, I, got, I could fit like a pencil through there at one point. So is it a gauge? Is oh, that like the earring that has a hole in it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, like a barrel, and you put larger ones in slowly over time. Just stretch it. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is why is that? It looked cool. <laughs> I wanted it to look tough. That's funny because I wanted to get gauges in college for a while too, and I was always too much of a wuss to do it. So, Dean, why don't you do it when you're studying? Where you're traveling abroad? Uh, well, uh, I think I'm still too much one of a one to step do it. at a time. Let's get the hoop, then the gauge. If you if you go too big with the gauges, then they'll never close. But Ethan, it sounds like you never went past the point of no return with them, yeah? I'd love this to be a cautionary tale. I went very slowly because I wanted them to close up. I went very slowly, and they did not close up. Like, you can... Like, Jared, it doesn't... I mean, you can see you the can hole, You can see but, that there's a hole there. You can see that there's a hole there, but it... Uh, yeah, it looks <laughs> like closed it, from afar. Yeah, but, like, when you get up there, like, there's... I could put an earring through here right now if I wanted to. That's crazy, so it's just never going to close. You're I, always going to have a so. hole. I will always have a hole. Permanent damage to my earlobe. My precious earlobe that God gave me. The little the little yeah. eastern earlobe. <laughs> um, well, Dean, thanks for so much for joining us, man. Please be safe. Travel safe. Tell Alex we said hi. Um, have fun in Paris. Enjoy your time over there. Um, Thanks. And, uh, Next time I talk to you guys, I'm going to be in Dublin. And then after that, I'm going to see your beautiful faces in the studio again because I miss you guys all so much. I miss you. Oh, we miss you too. Aww. Hopefully I'll be back in and studio. And Vanessa, I was going to say, we need all three of us to be reunited in the studio at the same time. That would be phenomenal. I know. I miss our aura. We had a good aura and vibe in here. <laughs> and now it's, it. now, it now it's just me and Easton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have, Have fun. Have fun. Safe travels. Bye, guys. Miss you. Miss you, too. Bye. Miss you. <clears throat> Bye. Oh, Dean, you babies. He's such a good man. Uh, I'm so glad you got his ear pierced. That's so pretty fun. badass, actually. Of course, Dean will get he his, his ear pierced. Ear pierced. He's going to come back a completely different man. Tattoos, ear yeah. piercings, all he the good stuff. He sounds so good. He sounds so relaxed. Um, yeah, no, he, he sounds like he's having a lot of fun. He does sound like he, he's having fun. You know what else is fun, Vanessa? You know what's really fun is getting in it's shape. Fun. 
And it's something that I need to do yeah. because I've eaten about three chocolate bars a day since I've gotten engaged because Ashley and I just really sit on the couch and watch TV. And so I'm just kind of not going to the gym right now and I need something that I can work out at home with. Um, so I found, uh, I'm sure you've heard of this before, Beachbody On Demand. We've talked about it before in the podcast. It's awesome. It's an easy way to use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts that you can do from the comfort of your own living room 24-7, which is huge for me right now because it's very difficult for me to just get off the couch and go to the gym. So all I, what I need is to like tell myself, okay, you're just getting off the couch to move two feet over there and you're going to watch the television and you're going to be fine. You're going to work out with all these people in the own comfort of your home. So nobody sees, cause it sucks when I go to the gym too. And I haven't gone in like a couple months and like the guy next to me is like benching 4,000 pounds and I'm like using the 10 pound yeah, dumbbells. It gets, intimidating. it gets super intimidating. So I love the idea of working out for home and you know why Beachbody on demand is the best. The history of success, success, excuse me. This is the company that's behind P90X insanity 21 day fix t25 brazil butt lift personally my favorite uh (laughs) hip-hop abs three-week yoga retreat all those they got the best trainers you can get motivated by celebrity super trainers you know like sean t um they got tony horton on there um you can work out on your own schedule like you said you can work out at home 24 7 whenever you want workouts are as short as 10 minutes they don't require any extra equipment um in the time that it takes you to drive and park at the gym like i was saying you could be finished with your workout by then I just moved into a new area in my uh, in Montreal, so I don't know where the gyms are. So I'm definitely going to get these body. I hear insanity is insane. Um, you heard insanity is insane. Also. Who would have thought? <laughs> Which is your favorite? Uh, my personal favorite is the 21 day fix because I like having an end goal. So I know in three weeks that I'm going to see results, which is the most important thing for me because sometimes it's tough. It's tough getting to the gym. And then the first couple times you go, you're really working hard and you don't see those results. The cool thing about 21 day fix is you see it in three weeks, which is really cool. Um, Easton, you got any favorites over there? Uh, Vanessa mentioned insanity. I like that one a lot too. Um, you know, my, my dad is a bodybuilder uh-huh. and I grew up in a very uh, fit uh, centric household oh. and uh beach probably on demand that's the real deal all these programs uh specifically insanity i think will really get you into shape in a quick way and like i said the cool thing is you can do it from the comfort of your own home that's why i really want you to try this service because you know I'm trying to form the best body I can, and so you should really try it because it goes from the comfort of your own home. Um, Right now, what you can do to get a special free trial membership is all you have to do is text DEAN, D-E-A-N, to 303030. That's DEAN, D-E-A-N, to 303030. You will get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts and the nutrition information and all the support, totally free just by texting DEAN to 303030, Guys, try it out today, Beachbody On Demand. All right, Vanessa. Well, apparently you have a brand new couch coming in. Yes, I'm super excited. Uh, they just called. They're on their way. So I'm going to have to let you guys write the email. really sad I can't do this part with you. But I'm sure there's some interesting ones out there. Um, you're newly engaged, so you don't suck at, at dating as much as I do. So you can give better advice. I'm going to definitely try to give as best advice as I possibly can, Vanessa. It's always a privilege. We miss you in the studio. Have fun on your new couch. Too. I expect to see photos on Instagram. Will do. Bye, guys. Bye, Vanessa. All right, let's read some emails. Erica, you want to read some emails over there? That beautiful voice of yours. I would love to. Yes, and please keep sending these emails. Keep writing on the Facebook group. Help, I suck at dating. Uh, It's my favorite thing. I love scrolling through them, trying to give as much answers as I possibly can. So please keep sending them in.
All right, this is from Emily. She says, at my apartment building, everyone who pays for parking has an assigned parking spot. A few days ago, I came home from work. Someone had parked in my spot. However, they did leave a note on their dashboard with their phone number saying to call, and they would they would move if they were parked in my spot. Well, clearly they were. Okay, whatever. So I called the number, and a guy answered and came to move his car quickly. When he came down, we had a short conversation, but I don't know his name or much about him. He was pretty good looking and seemed like a good guy from the short time I saw him. I would like to contact him again and see if there's anything between us, but I am not a very courageous person. This happened a few days ago, so I'm not sure if my window of opportunity is still open. I would love some help. Also, congrats to Jared on the engagement. Oh, thank you so much, Emily, for your congratulatory. Uh, this one is a tough one. He's, I mean, it was just one meeting, right? Am I missing a part of the email? It was just that one meeting where yeah. he was like... Here's my number. Please call if I want to move the parked car. If he's cute, go for it, girl. Why the hell not? But, like, you also know nothing of this man, probably not married because you would have seen a ring. But, like. Well, if he's cute, like. What are you going to say? Hi. You want to grab a drink sometime? They live in the same apartment complex. They have similar interests. I don't think it's the craziest thing. I mean, you don't. I mean, what's the worst thing going to happen if he says, oh, either no or I'm dating someone, then you move on to the next guy. But if Okay, okay. okay. Wouldn't it be a great story if Emily told her kids one day, do you want to know how I met your dad? He left a note on his car saying, if you want me to move this, call me. And I called him. Do you and think it was it's like happily ever after? A way that he picks up women. It's just a weird. Why was he parked in a clearly assigned parking spot no, anyway? I've done that too. Well, maybe he doesn't live in the apartment complex because I've done that too. Sometimes when I was visiting Ashley, I would put I parked my car one time in the garage and not a spot that's mine, and I left a note saying, "If this is your spot and you're coming back before I leave, call this number and I will come out and move my car." Oh. So that's what I'm thinking probably happened, but okay. is that he was visiting someone, so he might have been visiting his girlfriend. See? <laughs> I know, but what, I mean, who, okay. at this point, it's so, Emily, it's so um, new, and it's just like nothing right now. True. That like, just be like, I like, remember, let me, let me tell you a story. I mean, it didn't work out for him, but <laughs> uh, my ex-girlfriend one time got into a little bit of a car accident, uh, and it was just a fender bender. She was fine. And the guy walked out, and they exchanged information, all that stuff. And he texted her mm. later that day, and it was like, "Hey, you know, I'm really sorry about what happened, um, but you seem really nice. Would you ever want to grab a drink?" And she said, "No." She felt awkward about it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I think if a girl is texting a guy, the guy would feel less awkward about it. And she was in a relationship. No, or this was this your was, ex at the time. This was my ex at the oh, time. Okay. Okay. But yeah. she told me it was pretty funny. I'm yeah. concerned that the window of opportunity has closed. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, that window is, at least in my experience, that window is open for a very long time. <laughs> yes. Like if, if I were this guy who disobeys parking rules and uh, some lady called me six months later saying, hey, you parked in my spot, I'd be like, let's go to, let's get a drink. It was only a few days ago. Yeah, they're, they're good. She's, she's fine. If yeah. you, as soon as you hear this, I don't know when you sent this email in. True. Call him right now. Or don't even call a text Lob him. a text. Just like a... Make a joke about the car or something. Like Something, yeah. Hey, are you parked in my spot? No, don't do that. Don't listen to me. I'm really, really bad at this stuff. But some, like, some joke about yeah. the car. Hey, this isn't where I parked my car. Don't send that, but I think it's oh, kind of funny. Jared, no! <laughs> it's cringeworthy, but man, that's funny. This isn't where I parked my car. Sure. All right. What do we got? All right. The next one is from Daniela. She says, I'm kind of stuck in a pickle this summer with two guys. I mean, this is so much fun already. God, Daniela, you're like the bachelorette. Yeah, you're winning. Um, Guy number one. I met him along with his family about a year ago on a trip, and we all became close. I never thought I could connect with a person the way I connected with him. We got back from the trip and realized that we live super close to each other. 
We went on a date or two, but then it was time for me to head back to college. So we just decided to see what would happen. We, the talking went on for about three months, then things started going downhill. I no longer heard from him. Fast forward to this summer, I saw him a couple times and our chemistry was palpable. But when we're apart, it's tough. So it sucks to admit, even after all this time, I still have feelings. Guy number two, met him this summer at a bar. Super sweet and funny and overall great to hang out with. We've been on a couple dates and they've been great, but the connection I have with him is nothing like what I have with the other guy. Although he's great, I don't know what to do since I feel like he's more invested than I am. Even though I want to be on the same page as him, I can't get the other dude out of my head. I don't want to hurt him, but I also don't know if I want to let go just yet. Help, because I really suck at dating. Danielle, I think this probably goes back to what Charles was saying earlier. Don't have blinders on. The guy that you might think is perfect for you probably isn't. And the guy that you think is not perfect for you might just be. And so for guy number two, I think you're not giving him a fair shot because you're just thinking about guy number one. And I'm nervous that guy number two might be a really good fit for you. But yes. you're just not even allowing yourself to open those doors because you're so fixated on the other guy. I literally, when I started dating my now boyfriend, had been on a date with another guy who I thought in my mind made so much more sense. And for the first like two dates with my now boyfriend, I was like, oh, whatever. Like, no, no, no. It's this other guy. It's this other guy. And then what do you know? He stopped answering me. We never talked again. And... The guy that I ended up with is actually the good one. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it's, Daniel, if you just change your perception a little bit and change your mindset into not focusing on, actively try not to focus on guy number one. Like, don't think, oh, there's nothing I can do. He's just always popping my head. No. Actively try not to think of him, distract yourself, and then continue going on dates with guy number two. And listen, if it goes on for three or four times, you go on three or four dates with this guy, and you still don't feel anything, then it's probably not the right guy. Having said that, I don't think at this point you're giving it a fair shot. Yeah. I. She needs to like just open her eyes a little more, let it be, go on one more date, and just be like, just see what it is and don't think about anyone else. Yeah. And don't forget that you're going to have to put work in to well, actually also. trying to forget guy number one. <laughs> there like you it's go. just not, it's magically not going to happen. So you have to actually really focus your time and energy on the person that's in front of you. And that seems to be guy number two right now. I'm not saying he's your future husband, but I'm saying don't rule it out. Okay. Now this one's from Katie. It says this guy is waffling. Waffling. Does sure. that mean like going back and forth? Is that what that means? I I guess. Okay, let's see. I've been seeing someone since April. He lives about an hour away, so we don't get to see each other a ton. We see each other on the weekends when we're both free. We had the talk about being exclusive, and he was totally on board and asked me to be his girlfriend. I was ecstatic. Days later, he was making plans to come visit me. I told him if he came during the week, my mom would be there. He was okay with this and said he was fine with meeting her as long as I was all right with us making that step. Not five minutes later, he totally changed his mind and said he wasn't ready and that being in a relationship might not be the best idea for him at the moment. I was so confused and hurt. A few weeks later, he came down and we went to dinner. He didn't pay and got drinks. He gave me all these excuses as to why he wasn't ready to be in a relationship but liked me and didn't want to, didn't want me to see anyone else. I was so angry that he was being so selfish but also because I think it's total BS. If he wanted to be with me, he would, right? He has since messaged me and said he knows he wants to be with me and he has totally changed the way he acts towards me in a positive way. I don't know if I should let him go because he doesn't seem to be very stable or give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Is this dude bipolar? Like, It's a mess. I don't understand. He's, it's just, 
there's no maybe we're missing context because it literally goes from we had to talk about being exclusive he wanted to meet my mom to days later he made plans to come visit her and then five minutes later five minutes after you he said that he wanted to meet your mom he's telling you that he's not ready to be in a relationship and then a few weeks later you guys got to see each other and he's still saying the same thing that he doesn't want to be in a relationship and he's making excuses but then since He's visited her. He's now messaged her and saying that, no, I want to be in a relationship yes. with you. Or he wants to be with her even if he doesn't want to be in a relationship with her. I think at this point, Katie, you got to give some sort of ultimatum where it's either we're in a relationship or we don't talk to each other. There's no it's it's never good. I feel to be in that gray area of, well, we don't really know what we are, but yeah. we're still hooking up and we're still dating each other but we're not exclusive because it just opens up a can of worms that you just don't really need i think it's either you cut it off or you guys are boyfriend girlfriend in my experience they're like oh what are we it it just does not it never ends well at all yeah and i agree and then the people that say like that might reference ashley and myself ashley and i have only been friends for two years now there's been no touching, no nothing like that. Now, <laughs> no granted, touching. there might have been harboring feelings, which probably is very unhealthy. Yeah. But there was, like, she was dating other people. I was dating other people. Like, so I think at this point, Katie, that's kind of the direction you have to go in. And if it works out at the end, then you guys right. will come back to each other. But right now, I feel the best thing for you is to really talk to him and say, it's got to go one in two directions because my mental state and my heart can't take much more of this, where I need to either be in a relationship with you and we work towards something or we cut things off. I also think know your worth and know that you're way worthier than someone who like can't decide if they want to be with you. Like at the end of the day, that's it. I agree. You expect the best from other people, but you also expect the best from yourself. So there's a lot of dudes that like get off on like, Ew. Dating someone? No, <laughs> not that way. Oh my god! Get there your go. mind out of the gutter. Come on, Erica. That like uh, when they're seeing someone they love, like hanging out and talking about, like, oh, we're you know, you're gonna meet my parents. We're gonna go on these trips together. Wouldn't it be great if we got married? Things like that. And then when push comes to shove, then they they like the idea of it, but then they get freaked out when it actually starts to happen. Yeah. And they and they withdraw, or sometimes they just leave completely. My advice and, for guys out there is that when that happens, push through it. Mm-hmm. Because there's always, I don't know if you've had the same experience, there's, of course you have like doubts and hesitations and fears, but if once you push through that wall, the other side of it is spectacular. It's so much better. Uh, But if this guy isn't (laughs) capable, like is not willing to to go, I mean, this is a very minor commitment too that she's asking from him. I know. it's, It's not willing for that. I, I know you guys are just boy. You, you're not even boyfriend girlfriend yet. That's all you're asking for is a little bit more uh, exclusivity. Uh, Katie, I think the best thing for you is to give some sort of ultimatum. Which is great. I feel like that's never the good advice, except in this situation. So I know, but you know, you, know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And yeah. dating and love is hard, and it's just a game. It's all a <laughs> game, really. But we're trying to work through the game. We're trying to become better at the game, really. That's why we're here, guys. Mm -hmm. That's why everybody's here, (laughs) isn't it? Well, thanks again for everybody tuning in to a new episode of Help I Suck at Dating. A big thank you um, to Charles J. Orlando for joining us. Please check out his show, Seven Year Switch. Uh, Thank you so much for coming in. Beachbody On Demand, thank you so much. As always, guys, go check out Beachbody On Demand. You text Dean to 303030. Also, Sugar Bear Hair, if you want as great hair as Vanessa has, you got to go check out sugarbearhair.com. 
patreon.com slash help. Um, thank you so much for everybody joining in. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Easton. Thank you, Vanessa. Even though the line was a little staticky, it's always wonderful hearing your voice. Thank you, Dean, for calling in from France, which is crazy when you really think about it, that he is by the Eiffel Tower right now, and we are in Los Angeles, and we just talked to him. That's yeah. a little crazy to think about. Make sure you guys tune in next week for an all-new episode of Help I Suck at Dating, where maybe we'll suck a little less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.